Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly show, tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about tech news, science news, and we make fun of Elon Musk, which will probably happen again today. Uh, I am historian Matt. I usually talk about tech or science news, but today I'm doing something a little bit different. It's about a security stuff. So uh, you haven't heard about it on the internet, but uh, Linus Tech Tips got hacked and we'll talk about what happened and what you can do to avoid it yourself. So uh, you with the pink mic now. <laughs> We don't hear you at all. Whoops, sorry about that. My name is HK Perrin, and I'm a software engineer, and I cover software engineering news. And this week, I've got, uh, I've got two stories. Uh, first story is that Mastodon hit 10 million users. Uh, so that's, that's really exciting, especially since uh, I'm a recent Mastodon ref or a recent Twitter refugee that landed at Mastodon and. Uh, very happy there. Uh, and my second story is Svelte, the front-end library that I'm using, is throwing a hackathon with some non-Svelte prizes. So uh, those are my stories. Next. <laughs> I'm producer Dave. I'm the producer of this and every show on uh, here on Echoplex Media. Um, this week I have, a, I have a story about Neuralink. And then a story about the French government and uh, the apps they're allowing on government-issued devices. So take it away, Matt. All right. So like I said, uh, Linus Tech Tips was hacked last week, and they had their uh, stream replaced with a crypto scam featuring Elon Musk. And to be clear, like Elon Musk had nothing to do with the, the scam. They just, these scammers who do these like crypto scams... Uh, with the uh, stream stuff, they they like to use his image and his name because, you know, lots of people follow him and he's very popular, especially in with tech community. So it sounds legit and stuff, but it's not. So if you ever see like a stream with Elon Musk and talking about crypto stuff, I mean, it could be legit, legitimate, but it's likely a scammer. So just be aware of that. Um, so Linus Tech Tips, if you if you didn't know about that, they're like one of the biggest tech news and shows general shows on uh, uh on youtube uh they're very popular they've been around for quite a long time so it's kind of surprising that i got hacked because they talk about securing your computers and stuff all the time but in this case like you know they even though they talk a lot about two-factor authentication uh and using that to secure secure your websites and stuff like your youtube account the scammers are actually able to get around two-factor authentication. Uh, what they actually did, the scammers act, were able to do what's... Uh, they basically, they jacked the, the session token. It's sort of like a session hijacking, is what I think it's what it's called. But it's basically they're able to grab the session token from one of the, the employees, uh, one of Linus's employees. Not Linus himself, but one of the employees. They didn't say who it was. Uh, they did say that it was probably somebody on the marketing side or something because they think it was a, a sponsorship scam where somebody downloaded what looked like a file from a potential sponsor, but instead was an executable that grabbed the session token. So this is something that's really hard to 
protect against besides, you know, making <laughs> logging out basically. Um, and YouTube and Google don't do a very good job of, you know, making the scam hard to do. Cause there's stuff that they can do on their end that would make it like a lot harder for people to break into your account this way. But, uh, if you want to learn about more about what happened, you know, Linus on the Linus text tips, web uh, video channel on, on YouTube has a full video up there with, uh, everything, uh, you know, detailing everything that happened. Uh, I have the link in the show notes. So you'll have Linus himself talking about what happened and all the details, including pictures of him naked running around his house, trying to fix the problem. You know, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, also I added another link to a video by Theo Joe, who apparently just a few weeks or maybe like a month ago uh, posted a video on exactly this hack and Linus actually references it himself and said if he had seen it, probably would have been able to maybe not avoid the hack, but get stuff fixed a lot easier, a lot faster, figure out what's going on. So I really do recommend definitely seeing the Theo Joe video, if not the Linus one. What do you guys think? This is a pretty common hack. I've seen a number of uh, streams of this a while ago. This was going around a lot with lots of different big uh, streaming uh, channels getting hacked. Yeah. There are a couple ways to protect against this that um, I know Microsoft does do, uh, but maybe yeah. in this particular case, that wasn't enough. Uh, but uh, Apple does it as well. And Linux, you don't really need to do it because it's not a problem in the first place. But when you download something that is an executable uh, to your computer on, on Mac and on Windows, if you just double click it, it'll execute it. On Linux, if you double click it, it won't execute it. It'll try and open it in like a program. You have to go into the like file properties and tell it that you want to execute it before it actually will execute it. So on, on Windows and Mac, what they'll do is they added this other flag that basically means this file was downloaded by a browser from this website. Uh, so what what will happen is you'll you'll download a file and the browser will add that little flag to that file. And when you double click it, the, the file manager before it executes that will ask you, Hey, this, this thing was downloaded from, from the internet, from this website. Are you sure you want to execute it? You know, executables could harm your computer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know why it didn't happen in this case, uh, that, that, you know, took place and, and, yeah, this I don't issue, know about that. But. You should watch the the Theo Joe's uh, video because they were doing some funky stuff with the uh, the name of the file to give it yeah. that extension, but it doesn't look like it has that extension. It's actually really devious. I was mm. kind of surprised that uh, you know that it worked so well, uh, but uh, yeah, um, I don't download stuff on Windows much anymore anyway so I, and when i do i'm very careful about about that for just that reason i don't remember it ever you know i just i haven't really downloaded anything recently that was a file to the executable on my windows box in a while so i don't well i mean out. to be clear it, 
this could happen on Linux. There's not really like a technical reason that it couldn't. Yeah. Uh, for example, you could be asked to download a tar and unzip the tar or untar the tar, and that could set that executable bit, and then you'd double click on it and it would load. But like, first of all, Linux users generally aren't targets of these because yeah. it's not a big enough, uh, it's not a big enough target to to actually aim right. for. Uh, and then second, it's like, you know, if you, if you give someone a tar and they're untarring it and then double clicking on a file, like they're probably going to sense something's up at that point. Yeah. Like I was going to say, <clears throat> if you get this executable and you get it on a Linux box, the ex executable is probably going to be a windows or possibly a Mac executable. So it's not even going to run on, on your box yeah. anyway, if it's, if it's an, if if it's like a batch, a bat, a bat file. Sure. I guess you could run like a, or like some kind of script, I guess it could run, but I just don't see, yeah, it would be dumb to try to target Linux users with this. You, <clears throat> you wouldn't get anybody. Um, yeah. For, first of all, most people that you attempt to do this to aren't going to have Linux in the first place. So there you've like gotten rid of most of that. And yeah, if somebody sends me a random, like a random tarball, I'm not opening it. I'd be like, why are you yeah. sending me a random tarball? Can you link me? Like, if it's like marketing so, material, I'm like, can you link me to like some of the photos or like, like a, like a Google doc about the, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not interested in getting files. The only thing I'll ever download actually is if people send me music, but those are like people in our local music community. And I doubt any of them have included anything in their MP3 file. That's going to own my system or send them well, MP3s. You, MP3s don't phone home. Do they? <laughs> well, you also know them, and I assume you know their emails as well. You've been talking to, to them, and you know you're talking to them. So uh, you have that, uh, at least that sort of security. We may um, not know them initially. Are, yeah. Right? The, we, get, we get from people we've never met before, but it's always like, it's always like links to music. And again, if yeah. they were going to try to include something in their music file to get people, they wouldn't. They would assume they would assume correctly that most people are running Windows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that we should bring up uh, that I was just thinking about is like if if this happens to you, if you feel like you are being uh, like your account is being hijacked, one of the first things you should do. I mean, obviously, you should change your password, but you should also invalidate all of the sessions that are currently open. Uh, I know there is yeah. a way to do that in Google. Uh, I I would assume that there's a way to do that in you know the the service that uh, that Linus is using because he doesn't go directly through YouTube. He goes through another service that yeah handles uh, his yeah. YouTube and he, he kind of talked about. It. He said he but, didn't know how to do that, or I mean, initially he didn't realize that was the issue, but yeah. Yeah, but even when he did, it took do. him a while to invalidate that session. Uh, yeah. So you should learn how to invalidate session tokens, uh, or right. sometimes it's called expire them, uh, yeah. or just like sign out of all sessions. Uh, and that's that's the second step you should do if you think you're being hacked. First step is change your passwords. Uh, Second step is invalidate all sessions. Right. Because the worst that's going to happen if you invalidate sessions is the people that you work with are going to be annoyed. 
yeah. <laughs> have yeah. to re-log yeah. in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, if you have other people on your team, don't they have to, don't they, I don't know how it works. It just probably depends on how the, well, the, the thing is structured. Like, could you invalidate a session token from somebody logged in under a different email address? I don't know. Because like when, like, for example, yeah. just on DigitalOcean, uh, HK, you, I think you were on the team. And so you log in with your email account for our, our DigitalOcean. I don't know if you ever signed up for it, but that's how that works. So I don't know if I would be able to go in and invalidate your session. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. But yeah, the way they work, uh, I mean, it's probably what's going on is these are JSON web tokens. Uh, which is kind of the industry standard of session tokens. And the whole idea behind a JSON web token is that the server can be kind of dumb in regards to uh, your session. Your session is ephemeral and it passes between servers effortlessly. There's no state on the server uh, that that your session exists in. So rather than giving like a session ID, you give this session token that contains like your credentials encrypted and signed. So like you could see that a session token is for you, but it doesn't have your password. And if you alter who you are, like if you say like, I'm not, I'm not Dave, I'm Matt. Uh, then when you send that to the server, the server will go, okay, you claim to be Matt. Let me check the signature. Nope. That signature is not for this token so you've changed the token you're not really you're not really dave or matt or whatever right it doesn't tell Uh, you that though it just sends it just takes you to wherever you are wherever you're going assuming that it's a public page it just takes you there but you're not logged in right like it doesn't yeah it doesn't come back and scold you like it might give you a like a 401 or a 403 uh (laughs) but it it won't let you through basically uh, so another thing that these, these JSON web tokens can have is an issued at date. Uh, it's, it's in a, a field called I at stands for issued at, uh, and essentially there's two ways to invalidate a token kind of one involves like actually remembering every token that was given out and individually invalidating them. Uh, which is what like Google does. It's what, uh, Amazon does. Uh, you know, it, if you sign into your account and it shows you, like it lists all you, all of your sessions, then that's what it's doing. It's saving that session token and you can individually sign those devices out. Uh, another way is just to say like expire all sessions right now and the server will just issue you a new token since you're the one making the request and it'll put a flag in your account saying essentially any token that was issued before right now before this date for this time uh is invalid what's uh one of the one of the cooler things and i I actually like it is uh the squarespace where our website is in the settings it it doesn't it doesn't use this language but it basically asks you like how often are you would you be okay having to re-log in right Mm. so for me i do 15 days I'm fine with having to re-enter my credentials and go through two-factor authentication every two weeks on the main website for this project, right? (laughs) That is fine with me. It is not inconvenient. Authy is great. (laughs) 
like it's it's fine but other people maybe it's just for their family photos and they don't care and you can set it to up to a year and yeah and i think maybe i think maybe more of these sites should do that and i don't know maybe it's buried in the settings somewhere but for example for my for google the google account for our main one for the domain i would also like everyone's session to expire every 15 days <laughs> because woe yeah. is me i have to re-log in <laughs> like google accounts i believe never expire google yeah. sessions because like you know i've i've turned on a phone that was off for three years and my google account's still logged in so i'm pretty sure google accounts never expire uh but the way that my system works, uh, I have a, a system called Tillmel that I use for a lot of my services that I create. And the way it works, I think, is kind of like the industry standard where you're given a, a web token, a JSON web token, and that has an expiry date of, let's say, six months, right? So if you were to leave your system off for six months and turn it back on, you'll be asked to sign in again. But there's also another date where past that date, in other words, like when you send your, your session, it checks, all right, are we past the point where you only have two months left before this expires? Yes, we're past that point. Okay, just issue you a new token that expires six months from now. So if you're signing in every week, you'll never have to sign in again like if you're uh sorry if you're going on your account every week you'll never have to go you'll never have to sign in again but if you don't go on your account for six months and then you come back to it you're signed out i think it should just kick you every six i mean six months is a long time like you know what i'm saying like the the inconvenience well, these of are in in my system you can change the the durations because I can't imagine being incredibly inconvenienced by having to like re-log in after six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't imagine it. Cause every, like you should be using a password manager and you should be using something like Authy for two, for your second factor. And if you're doing that, logging into something is easy. You don't even have to really do anything to log in. Yeah. But even that wouldn't have prevented this situation here because that was a, an active token. So even if, you know, that token was set to expire in five days, it still gives them five days to, to yeah. have complete control over the account. And the, these tokens, apparently they don't have any like, uh, like machine I identifier, right? Like that's why they were able to use it somewhere else. The token doesn't include, doesn't in, like, there's nothing that it does to check that it's on the same machine, right? Yeah. Well, what's supposed Apparently to happen? They don't, but they could. What other companies will do is if the session suddenly shows up in a computer that they detect is like in a totally different place geographically, like on the other side of the world or something, they could invalidate, invalidate the session. But uh, Google probably doesn't want to do that because people are, you know, flying around with their phone making videos all over the world, and they've that's the reason why they might not want to do that. Now it'd be nice if you could go in and tell it like, Hey, uh, even though you like to make it easy, if my session shows up on the other side of the world, go ahead and invalidate it. And if it's really me, I'll just log back in. It's not a big right. deal. <laughs> I think something like yeah. that. And then something that identifies the device, like some kind of way to yeah. check and make sure <laughs> like on my computer, 
like the motherboard model, just something stupid. Like how much RAM does this system have? Like dumb things like that. That is an issue because if you have something like that, that's accessible to JavaScript, it can be used to track you across the internet. It's called browser fingerprinting. Uh, and there are things that can do that. Like, for example, your, your screen size, how big your screen is, is something that's accessible to JavaScript. And that could be used along with some other things uh, to basically build an ID of your system, a fingerprint of your system. And then you can be tracked going across multiple websites. Oh, baby, that ship has already sailed. <laughs> baby that ship has already sailed i'm i'm not i'm not, i'm like oh no the internet's tracking me yes i mean yeah. i'm cool with just like ip geofencing just say like you know if if my token which was used to log in in the united states you know 15 minutes ago is now being used to log in in like I don't know, Indonesia. Like I didn't make it to Indonesia in 15 minutes. Right. Fuck that. If it's a, if it's a, you know, outside maybe a hundred feet of my house, I think it should be (laughs) invalidated. And I think Google, I'm not even going outside. Come on. I I mean, seriously, like I just have to log in again. It's not that big of a deal. right? I'd rather have the security, but then again, that's just me. I understand the privacy implication, but there's gotta be a way for like to, for the the machine to basically spit out some kind of number, right. That it, that it gives to these, to these tokens. And then, then the token, I mean, there is, but then you could just duplicate the number. If you're, if you're attacking someone's system, you know, if you have access to their system, then you have access to whatever number it could produce for you and you can just well, regenerate the token that. is basically a number itself, but yeah, yeah I don't know. The they're, point. They're, they're, something can, I think something can be done about this, but I also, I, I think the problem, the problem there was, uh, it was that the person who was who was working on the project wasn't practicing wasn't doing best practices as far as security stuff i think that's the yeah the i mean they, they did say that uh linus did say they're going to do some more training uh, with everybody in the company uh, and he said that he needed training because he didn't respond to it very well um so they're, they're, they're working on it and they gave some good tips in the video so everybody should watch that yeah you know another thing you can do is use the the age of a token to determine the ability to do administrative tasks. So yeah. basically, if you are trying to to do something that is like a top level thing, say change your password, right? That is something that should only be done if you have if your identity has been verified immediately. I think so. Facebook you could does check that. is this is this token like within 10 minutes old was it issued less than 10 minutes ago uh, funny yes. enough, I think- okay let them do it no okay make them re-enter their password and just issue them a new token and then they can yeah. do it yeah i think facebook does that facebook okay, yeah I, yeah I, any place that makes you re-enter your password before you go into ebay like, certain sections of the settings PayPal. yeah that's what it's doing yeah so uh i don't know if youtube did that in this case but it should have yeah uh, that's yeah, I don't 
I don't use YouTube or I don't, I don't change anything important in YouTube often enough, but I've definitely had like, um, definitely had Twitch kick me out when I tried like when I, you know, when you do your, your sort of, um, I guess I call it like hygiene, right? You change your passwords every six months for things or whatever. And Twitch will kick you off. If you, if you go to change the password, it makes you log, it makes you log in before you do it. Um, you would think that Google would do that too. Like it, cause Google actually makes me log in. Like for example, no matter, even if it doesn't matter what I'm doing, if I go to like passwords.google.com, it reauthenticates me. Right. If like, for some reason I don't have a password stored in LastPass for whatever reason, and maybe it's something I browsed to on my phone and it didn't get saved or whatever. And I created the account on my phone. If I want that password, I'm logging back into Google or I'm not getting it. And so it's pretty weird that somebody was able to make like pretty broad and sweeping changes to someone's account on, um, on YouTube without logging back in. Yeah. Well, everybody, um, don't open things. (laughs) Don't run any executables. Um, only accept attachments. In fact, you should only accept it not only from someone you trust, but someone like that you have verified. They're like, Hey, I'm going to send you a file. Yeah. (laughs) Then you get the file five minutes later. (laughs) Fair enough to assume that that person sent it to you. But if like I get a, if I get an email from either of you guys with an attachment, I'm probably going to hit you up on Discord. Be like, could you send that to me some other way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not that email is itself is necessarily dangerous. It's that you know Windows does certain things to try and make it more user friendly, and the more it makes things user friendly, the more it makes things difficult to be safe. You know if if you're putting some amount of friction in between a user attempting to do something that could harm their computer and the user actually performing that action, like you're making it more user unfriendly, but you're keeping them safe. And that's kind of like why Windows will ask you if you're trying to like install something. It'll make you click like, hey, this thing's going to change something on your computer. Are you okay with that? You know, it's it's trying to put a little bit of friction in between. But one of the things that Windows did that is just it still to this day boggles my mind is they they made it so that file extensions were hidden by default. And that's so fucking stupid. That is like so monumentally stupid. Because now it's just like, oh, I want to trick someone into running a program. I'll just name it, you know, cute kittens dot JPEG dot EXE. And then I'll email it to them. They'll download it and they'll see cutekittens.jpg. Oh, that's an image. Double click. Now I have access to their computer. Right. And if they, if they don't know, if they're like, would you like to run this? You're like, well, yeah, it's a JPEG. You know, because yeah. Not, yeah. not everybody knows. You know, it's really funny because the only thing I install on a Windows computer ever is Serato. And I wish I could just like, sometimes I'm like, yes, Windows. I've only ever installed Serato on this computer. I would like to install the new version of Serato that probably doesn't give me anything new and interesting. And, uh, but <laughs> like, I don't really care that much. I just know to click yes. Cause I know where it can, I know what it is. It came from Serato's website. Like, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bad, but you know, on, on, on another, on the other hand, I guess it's, 
it's not good that it happened to this guy, but it, if, if it's going to happen to a YouTuber or whatever, a popular YouTuber, it's better that it happens to somebody who understands what the fuck just happened and can explain to their audience what well, just happened than some random, like a uh, travel influencer or whatever. Not that, you know, well, this shouldn't only, be happening yeah. to anybody, but like, at least this person is able to go back through and, you know, here's what I did wrong. Here's what we're doing. Here's, here's what you should never do that I did. Here's the things you need to know. Like, so yeah. at, at least, at least that, at least that's there. At least that happened. Well, plus the, the viewers of Linus Tech Tips, a lot of them are technically savvy and we're helping out others, letting them know what was going on and letting them know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, the information spreads more quickly, like in the. We'll call it the information aftermarket, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the second, you know, the the game of telephone might go longer among uh, an audience that's tech savvy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that was a great story. I, I'm not surprised we ended up talking that much about it. Let's let's move on though. Uh, HK. All right. So, uh, just about a little over a week ago, I think about nine days ago, uh, Mastodon hit 10 million users, which is a big milestone. Uh, Mastodon itself doesn't really have any sort of like practical user count. Like this number is not accurate. Just let's get that out of the way. You can't measure Mastodon's user count accurately because certain websites block other websites. Uh, so those websites can't see the full user count. I mean, it would be like trying to measure all email users. It's just not feasible, but the users that Mastodon.social can see, which are most of Mastodon, just hit 10 million users, which is a huge deal. Uh, Mastodon is growing in popularity. It, uh, in case you're unaware, it is a federated social network similar to Twitter. So you have things that act just like tweets. They call them toots on Mastodon, which is a great not the name. best name. <laughs> I prefer name. to call them posts. Uh, but um, it uses a, a protocol called ActivityPub, and anything that runs ActivityPub, anything that uses this protocol, can talk to Mastodon. So this isn't necessarily measuring users of Mastodon proper, it's measuring users of ActivityPub. So really, the story should be more ActivityPub just hit 10 million users. Uh, and as of this recording right now, Mastodon currently has 10,338,874 users by that user count bots estimate. Uh, or I should say, ActivityPub has 10,338,000 users. So it's growing fast, which is awesome. I love to see it. Uh, and if you want to join Mastodon, you can join our own personal instance, which is port87.social. Uh, it's just running, you know, bear mastodon vanilla mastodon so come and join us it's a great place to land think? the servers fast and if you have any questions the people on the server are going to be inclined to help you so yep yeah that's that's great um i just wonder like i just wonder how much of this is like bot activity because i do like when i hit when i go to go into federated i do see like more and more things that i would I assume are bots. And I say this as somebody who runs an account on port 87 social, that is essentially a bot, the Echoplex media account. <laughs> it, it just, it, it, it feeds from if this, then that and other web hooks. Um, yep. so, but that's okay. Cause that's what it says right next to it, that that's what it does. So that's actually fine. 
Like it's okay yeah, to run yeah. a bot. Just say that it's just, I think it says right next to a bot. Yeah. Yeah. What in, in activity pub, the, the nomenclature is uh, actor. So every user is an actor and an actor can have a type and that type can be something like a, per, a person. Uh, it can be something like a group or for bots. It can be something like an application. So under type under your, under that account, it probably, I haven't verified, but it probably says application. Yeah, because I don't ever really log into it. It just pushes things from other things, and I don't think anybody follows it. But I would—I actually don't even know. I haven't checked. But this—this <laughs> <clears throat> this is pretty good news because <clears throat> as as Twitter becomes more and more uh, Frankenstein's monster, I suppose, um, people are going to be looking for somewhere to go. Um, I don't know if Mastodon's going to be it. <clears throat> I hope it is because I'm a big fan of open source software. I like the idea that it's federated. And I like the idea that you can have your own community with your own rules and go in and be like, I'm actually going to keep my users safe. I don't want them to see this. For example, IDW.social, right? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or Nick Fuentes uh, Mastodon or. <clears throat> yeah. Basically the way, the way I view uh, moderation on, on that instance, port 87.social is if another instance uh, allows things that I wouldn't allow on my instance, uh, I will defederate from them. In other words, I'll, I'll either limit them if, if it's something that's, you know, not like illegal, uh, or I'll suspend them. Limited basically means you won't see them in your local feed. You won't see them unless you specifically follow someone on that instance. Right. Uh, so you search for exactly their name and then you follow them. Then you'll see their stuff in your feed. Uh, and then suspend just means you can't even see them. So like there are sites that allow things that I consider immoral. And for those, I will suspend them. So our server just doesn't even talk to their server. Right. Whereas I think IDW social, you would just be like, well, you can go ahead and follow them by yourself if you want. Right. Yeah. Like I might limit them if they don't have like, for example, a lot of uh, those, the servers that are like, ah, oh, freeze peach. Uh, a lot of those servers don't have rules against harassing other users or hate speech. You know, for example, they'll allow someone to, to use like racial slurs or uh, sexist terms. Uh, and for those, I would just limit them because that's not illegal, but uh you know, it's not something I would want my users to see in their feed. Right. To randomly encounter. Yeah. 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 And, and for, but if you have, you know, if, <clears throat> if you have people <clears throat> in that case, like too, if you have people who are maybe on, on your server and they're monitoring extremism on uh, Mastodon, you wouldn't, you would want to let them do their job. And so yeah, they would have sure. act, they would be able yeah. to go look at what's going on, on that on, uh, from users on that server. They would just have to intentionally do it. Yeah. <clears throat> And I assume sense. you would just, uh, you would, you'd unfederate Facebook if they ever try to do their yeah, version. Facebook, of it. <laughs> I would suspend because they're, uh, you know, not that I think that they would let anything illegal on, but Facebook, uh, Facebook uses what's called embrace, extend, extinguish, uh, which I think I've talked about on a previous episode of this show. And I know that. Hopefully if, hopefully not when, 
Facebook joins Activity Pub, the Fediverse, uh, their goal will be to destroy the Fediverse. Yeah. Their goal, just like when they joined XMPP, will be suck out all the users we can out of this open protocol, you know, get all these users over to our platform and then close the door. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you can't, you can't extinguish what you can't see. So if you, if everybody just goes, ah, nope, 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 blocked. Sorry. Well, you can't really embrace it if you can't see it. So the first step you can't even get to the first step. Yep. And I'm sorry. Facebook has gotten really bad recently. They, uh, um, you know, their algorithm that's supposed to know everything about me has decided that I really want to see posts from Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh. No, no, that's the thing is what they're selling Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh is access to you, right? I know. So they're, they're putting in your, your, they're finding what, what I imagine they're doing is they're, they're trying to peel off maybe people like you by putting in some, you know, interest groups that might generally appear, appeal to liberals or like people like of the left. And they're like, but we can peel some of these people off because they're into video games. They're into computers. They're a software engineer. They've whatever, whatever um, research they've done because they have a lot of money. And so they, they can yeah. certainly spot trends and figure out who they're able to peel off. I see that stuff too. And I think it's because Facebook figured out, you know, they want access maybe to me because I'm a podcaster and they may include that in what they want to target their audience for their ad. So, yeah, Facebook isn't giving that to you because they think you want it. They're giving that to you because Daily Wire paid them to give you well, that yeah. ad. Yeah. Um, well, I get a lot of I get a lot of crypto scam ads still, which is really weird. <laughs> I don't get many of those actually, which I'm kind of surprised about. That I would expect <laughs> from some of the people I follow, but also like I a don't lot get of, any ads from Facebook. Yeah, you don't even use it. A lot of supplement <laughs> ads too. It, a lot of supplement I'm this ads. Close. <laughs> No essential oils, though. Facebook no, Facebook doesn't think I'm basic, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it thinks I'm really into football, and I don't know why. Because every time I see an ad for football, I close it immediately, and it still gives me more ads for football. I think that Wait, might be... Can you be... close ads on Facebook? Yeah, you can tell yeah, it. I don't want to see X. this. You can just close it. Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> they know might, that. They might just be targeting Floridians. You know what I mean? Well, I think they figured out that I'm a you know, white male, so they, yeah. they assume that... <laughs> I like football. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe they're some, you know, some, something about your geographical area. There's a lot of people who are into football. Well, yeah, that's also where I'm at in Florida. Football is very, very popular. Yeah. So it might be, I mean, there's any any number of reasons, but it isn't because Facebook thinks you want to see the ad. It's because they want to serve that ad to somebody that will pay them to serve that to you. So that's, if I understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. Um, you know, what's great. You can do on Twitter though, is every time you see an ad, you just block whoever's doing an ad. And then eventually you don't get any ads cause you've blocked or they're like the, the remaining 35 people who advertise on yeah. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think it's only 35, but you can su- seriously reduce the number of ads you see on Twitter yeah. by blocking anyone who tries to advertise to you on there. I don't think that works on Facebook just cause they sell so damn many ads. You can't block, uh, the ads on on facebook you can, you block can tell the user. you're not interested but it doesn't seem to really work you can block the ads on facebook uh um, purity like you can use an ad blocker right 
Oh yeah. Well, I haven't tried that or well, not for not for yeah. nothing. The the Facebook ads, like a regular ad blocker isn't gonna work. You're gonna have to get like a Facebook specific ad yeah. blocker. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. then then those aren't always the best things to extensions to install on your browser. Like those Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> like like you know what I mean? Those aren't always the best you know, I I just scroll past it and I mostly just post on our, our public facing page on Facebook. But um that's good about Mastodon. Um I'm curious to like like if something really bad happens at Twitter, I wonder is everyone going to flee to Mastodon or are people going to go back to Facebook? It's it's a, like an open question, you know. Yeah. I've asked a few people that you know, I follow on Twitch, like, are you on Mastodon? And uh, a few of them say, no, I'm not trying to get any new social media accounts. And a, a few of them say, no, I don't know how to use Mastodon. And it's like, you know, that you can cure that in like one minute. Yeah. Just Google like how to use Mastodon and read the one paragraph that explains it. Yeah. I think people are kind of burned out on, on this stuff and you know, yeah, I think people are just burned out on it and they don't want to join anything new. If they have a, even if you have just a couple thousand <clears throat> or like I have 1500 people following me on Twitter, it would take me forever to get 1500 followers. Cause you know, I'm not famous. You know, I didn't get those by being famous. If I was famous, I'd have more than 1500 followers on Twitter. So I think people are just have a massive fatigue around this stuff and they don't want to sign up for any new thing. Maybe, but, you know, maybe a, a collapse of Twitter is a good thing. Watching whatever, Elon, whatever we're doing right now, it's it seems to be not working. <laughs> watching Elon freak out, like, on on his, on the Mastodon instance that he just rolled because Twitter fell apart would be amazing. <laughs> yep. And then when his Mastodon instance wasn't popular because nobody likes him, he'd fire whoever rolled the Mastodon instance for him. Even if it was like his son or something. I think Elon's Elon's instance would get instantly defederated. Yeah, nobody would be like, nope, nope, not this one. <laughs> All right, well, what do you got next, HK? All right, so my next story is about a Svelte hackathon. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Svelte, it is a, uh, a front-end framework framework. Uh, Svelte is a uh, front-end framework similar to React, but it's uh, it's much leaner than React, and it doesn't have uh, what's called a uh, it doesn't do what's called DOM diffing. So for large applications, it tends to be uh, a lot faster. And I use Svelte personally in a lot of my projects. Uh, I run a uh, I run and maintain a, a library of UI components for Svelte called Svelte Material UI. Uh, and the the Svelte Hackathon uh, is a, a hackathon put on by Svelte Society. It runs from February 17th, so it's been going on for a, like over a month uh, until April 17th. So if you're interested in entering, you only have a few more weeks. Uh, and it's uh, basically the rule is you just have to use Svelte as the main dependency. Uh, that is not a technical term. You know, projects don't have like main dependencies, so I'm not sure how they will judge that. But uh, 
it's got some pretty nice prizes. Grand prize, it's got three categories, and grand prize in each category is $3,000, and then second prize is $1,000. Uh, and it has some other prizes that are like some, prof- some like pro accounts on, on uh, a couple websites. Uh, and also, I'm entering, so no one else should enter. Uh, don't do it. Do not enter. <laughs> Why are you even telling us about this? <laughs> no, it's awesome. You should definitely enter. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of Svelte. It's a really cool library, so I'm super excited that they're putting on hackathons now. Uh, you know, I think it'll, it'll do wonders for like Svelte's popularity. Not that it needs it. Svelte is already growing like a lot. Uh, and, uh, oh, my project, the project that I'm doing is an activity pub server written in Svelte kit, which is like their, uh, their server library that uses Svelte on both the back end and the front end. So I'm really excited to uh, to have like my own version of Mastodon that runs on Svelte. Very cool. Nice. I yeah. Any questions or? Nope. Nope. That's <laughs> all that's, right. That's pretty highly technical and specific to people who use Svelte. So. Uh... Hopefully we have some Svelte users out there in the audience who, uh, I don't know, will take away your $3,000 grand prize from you. That's okay. I, I like seeing all the cool projects, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what they choose as uh, you know grand prize, second prize. I'm just excited to see all of them. Well, very nice. Well, I guess it's my turn now. Um, <clears throat> so uh, my first story is uh, Elon, of course. Elon wants to test Neuralink on humans in cooperation with like neurology and uh, neurosurgery labs. Um, you know, what could go wrong? Well, they tried to get FDA approval in 2020. It was denied. <clears throat> the objections included, you're putting a lithium ion battery in your head, <clears throat> among others. <laughs> there was one of the objections was that the wire leads might move around inside your brain. Probably not good either. And, uh, Neuralink is currently being investigated by the FDA for recklessly killing animals via surgical mishaps and toxic chemicals. Um, the transportation department is also investigating for the, for mishandling implants that have been removed from dead animals. And the only, the next thing on my document here is uh, yikes. Yeah. Um, okay. So I did not realize they're putting lithium batteries in the brain well they're not yet they're, they're asking for the they think the fda should give them permission to start testing this lithium yeah, batteries explode yeah i would assume that's why the fda said oh that's one of our one of our concerns <laughs> oh my god yeah, that's like the- it's you're putting an explosive in your brain why would you do that <laughs> why would anyone ever do that because they love Elon Musk so much. Oh my God. Yeah. You, I would assume that the lithium ion battery would be outside your head and like leads would go in, but I mean, that causes other problems, but yeah, I, I thought like Neuralink was a, a cool idea, but then yeah, that, that company is just doing horrible things. Yeah. He, my, my guess here is that, Elon's been shopping this around to like neuros neuroscience and neurosurgery <clears throat> surgery companies. <clears throat> and 
based on his previous behavior, <clears throat> excuse me, he's maybe doing this with the intent to try to skirt the uh, FDA regulations. Yeah. And to try to get like some reputable sounding company to start doing human trials, whether or not he gets the permission. I'm just speculating here. So don't sue me. My God. But <laughs> that would be, <clears throat> that would be my, my guess here. And, um, you know, if the, if the battery, if the battery isn't in your brain, it's not like it's going to be 10 feet away from you. Right. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. like, I don't know, duct tape to your head or some shit. So, <laughs> Also, like, why, why would we need to put things in your brain? Like, that's what I don't understand is like, well, you know, whatever, whatever you put in your brain, if it, you know, whatever goes inside your skull, uh, it's eventually going to be obsolete, right? Yes. Well, I think they're talking about like little, you know, probes or leads or something that goes inside your brain. And you can't, because it's really difficult from outside your skull to measure stuff in the brain. Um, so, like, but adding in, like, little probes or something, little metal, like, leads or something is much easier to pinpoint where, you know, little voltages are coming from in the brain, which makes it easier to do this. And that's kind of what they're trying to do. I don't think it's the entire tech, but then again... Yeah, you could totally see like if some of those, if like the cables or something gets jerked, you know, that that could really cause a lot of problems. <laughs> Not just bad readings, but it might like scrape along the inside of your brain. Yeah. Um, my yeah, question, my question on this is rate. like, why do we have to do this at all? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> it's just was... like one of those, you know, sci-fi things that people think are cool. There uh, was but uh, has serious issues. There was essentially a Doctor Who episode about this, uh, yeah. where like he goes into this, like he's in like some like space station or something, and everyone's like hooking things into the back of their head into this like port that they had installed. No, it was their forehead. It was like this port that they had yeah. installed in their forehead, and it would just like open up like a little flower. That's port eighty-eight. Uh, That's the next evolution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know the doctor was basically saying like this technology is like old like you you guys should be past this what's what's happening right here and at the end of the episode one of the one of the, his like companions had the little port thing installed in his brain and then yeah. like he goes he goes back in time and they somehow active like his parents somehow activate it and it opens up and they scream <laughs> but it's like this is this is what we're we're leading to is like putting stuff in yeah. our brains this this is a bad idea. Yeah. We all know this is a bad idea, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not for it. Like your brain, your brain is pretty fragile. If you're going to, if you're going to be scooping around in, in your brain, it should be for a medical reason. Not, not for a, not cause you want the, the latest and greatest, you know, Android yeah, running yeah. in your brain. So this will be the first time I've ever used the soundboard on uh, the technology show. Are you guys ready? Yeah. We'll be able to put technology directly into our brains. <laughs> <laughs> I had to turn it on. I had to turn it on and everything. Turn it back <laughs> yeah, on, that so. is something we should not be doing. Like, 
bad idea. Really yeah, bad idea. You know, we we can do pretty much everything from outside the skull. Like like well, you said, it's issue. harder. I, I, it is harder I, for sure. Yeah, it's harder. But like, would you rather have a big old helmet that uses a lot more energy, or would you rather have someone drilling into your skull and putting wires in your brain? Well, neither yeah, probably. <clears throat> like right now, I don't need. I don't. I don't think I need either of those things right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, this is the problem. I mean, the the one one. Let's we can even leave out the fact that this is a like a a person that many think are like immoral, who would maybe have access to your brain data, which I don't like. But it's also just it's like invasive surgery, like for and then I I lose the thread. There we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not even like cosmetics <clears throat> cosmetic sur- surgery where you you think you'll look better after, hopefully, right? Right. This yeah. is just like, what is this like? Um, it's like a galaxy brain implant. I mean, like, what the? F- I mean, it doesn't even make you smarter. Like, it's not like you're connecting yourself to the internet or something. But like, maybe you can move a remote, a uh, robotic arm with your brain. Yeah, but like, <laughs> that's what these are for, right? We can. True. We can already. Like, I have a. I have a controller to do yeah. all of that. Yeah. This is. This is bad. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that we were probably all going to be in agreement here. And if you're uh, checking out the YouTube video and you are uh, a person who believes that Neuralink is good, uh, you could leave a comment in the YouTube uh, video as to why you believe that. And then maybe everybody could uh, pile onto that person in the comments. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just don't, th- I just can't imagine this, this like, this is just one of those things where I think, it's like a vanity project for, for the guy where he wants to be claiming that he's linking computers and your brain so that he can sort of build this, this, uh, I guess a legend about himself, be it in his own mind or in the mind of his fans. I think this is mostly marketing for a one Mr. Elon Musk. And otherwise it's probably vaporware because I don't see the FDA approving this at all. Nope. Yeah. At least not right now. So that's that's my uh, first story. My next story, we watched some of the TikTok hearings uh, last night on our uh, news show, and it was pretty uh, crazy. Uh, the people didn't know what they were talking about. And then I came across this article about France. France has done kind of a smart thing here, and they've kind of avoided the the controversy about TikTok altogether, at least for government devices, they're like, hey, if this is your work phone for the government, maybe don't install uh, recreational apps on it at all. Just use it for work. You have your personal phone. And I think that's like, if you're going to, if you're going to ban TikTok, maybe from the government devices, just ban Twitter and Facebook and Instagram too, because you don't need all that stuff on your, um, on your, on your work phone. And of course there's carve outs for like, if your job is to tweet on behalf of the French government or whatever city you're, you're, you know, you're a media coordinator for, of course you will have access to the, the apps like on a per app basis based on what you're doing for work. But this kind of gets rid of, they managed to like sidestep the, the controversy about TikTok altogether by being like, well, just don't have any recreational apps on your government phone just have the apps that we give you because this is your work phone i don't know what do you guys think about that i think that's a good idea i'd be interested to know like for some apps would they consider it recreational like what about linkedin is that recreational 
No, but they don't want to be searching for another job. Right. And <laughs> I think, yeah, I think uh, LinkedIn would probably fall under that category because you don't need that for, like for the function of maybe if you were hiring, if you were the hiring yeah. manager for some department, maybe you'd have LinkedIn on your phone. But again, can't you just yeah. log in if you're the hiring person? Wouldn't you rather do that on a computer anyway, where you have like a nice big screen and a mouse and keyboard to like reply well, to people? Well, you'd still want access on your phone in case you needed it. Yeah. But yeah. But and, and they said they GitHub? said they're they said they're carving out exceptions for people who might need these apps for what they're doing as their job. So yeah, the hiring manager might have LinkedIn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think this. I think this is good, and they like sidestepped the whole, the whole the t the TikTok problem, right? Because they're well, like, well, that's just a recreational app, and why this is your work phone? Like, I wouldn't put any of. The, I wouldn't put my if I had a work phone, like in addition to my regular phone, I wouldn't log into my Facebook on there. It's none of their like. What I'm doing on Facebook is none of their business anyway. Like, people <laughs> shouldn't be doing that anyway. I don't think. Yeah, I've had work phones before, and I just had work stuff on my work phone. Yeah, because like I didn't even want to have my work phone with me if I wasn't working. Like, yeah, I would keep it in like, you know, my car if I had to to be somewhere where I had access to it. But like, yeah, I I I didn't even like when I worked at LinkedIn. They had this thing where they were like, yeah, you can put. LinkedIn stuff on your your personal phone. You just gotta like register your phone with us and let us install this like app that, nope. that can control your phone. And I was like, nope, don't nope, want I'll that. take yours. Yeah, yeah. I'll so take it's yours. like, <laughs> why would you? Why would you want personal stuff on your work phone if they have like full control of of it? Yeah, and but let's say uh, Viva France. This is a great idea, and I think other other countries should just follow suit. And I think companies might avoid a lot of problems do, doing this too. Cause now you're not surveilling your employees when they're off work, which is a problem. Your employees aren't putting a bunch of crap on the phone you gave them. And like, like when they, if they're in a in a place where they're like, Hey, you know, don't bring your personal devices, please only bring your work device. Cause this is a work event or whatever. Well, now they're not tweeting because there's no Twitter yeah. on their, on their work phone. So this is like, I would imagine that there's tons of companies that already have this policy. Like, right. Like, do you think the people that work at Palantir are allowed to have anything on the phone that Peter Thiel issues them? <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? Like people in people in like high security jobs in the private sector probably already have these kinds of restrictions yeah. on them. Yep. So yeah, good, good on France. They managed to like not make this about TikTok specifically. And uh, it's probably better, better for their employees and uh, better for the, Better for whoever's managing all the phones because you kind of know what's going to be on the phone too. It's better for the IT department. You know, you, you don't give them access to the app store. Just give them the phone with what they need for work. That's great. Works. I think this is a great idea for everybody. And uh, it's a very smart thing that France did. Yeah, I'm a fan. All right. Well, I guess that's, guess that's the show. Um, Matt, I think it might be your turn to read the show out. So, uh, what? Why don't you go ahead and do <laughs> I read that. the show out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let me uh, get up. There. I wasn't expecting it. So, <laughs> surprise, you have to talk more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our show. Thanks for listening, watching, whatever you're doing to uh, see our show. It's great. Uh, you can check out other Echoplex Media shows on echoplexmedia.com. And uh, we got live shows going on at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. 
And also don't forget to give us money at patreon.com slash echoplex. Have a great Tekken day.